You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live. Get access to free on-demand, in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, and much more. Just go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com. Or check out the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver. And with me today is Julian Sage. Welcome, Julian. Hey, thanks, Jim, for having me. So Julian's going to talk to us a little bit about short-term rental and a couple of other really cool concepts that um, I think everybody's going to enjoy. But let's start off, Julian, by just kind of introducing yourself. Give us a little bit about your background, what you're doing now. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like you said, Julian Sage. Um, I, uh, I fell into the short-term rental space uh, really through my wife, um, you know, me being an active duty military guy, I've been in for about eight years now. I'm going to be transitioning out to, um, you know, uh, grow our short-term rental business full time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, being military, didn't have a lot of money. Um, tried a bunch of different businesses and failed at them. Uh, trying to, you know, reclaim that time freedom back. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was really ready to give up, uh, until, uh, my wife said, you know, why don't we rent out the basement online to try to save some money? Because uh, I'd spent all my money just trying to, you know, do different things at Forex, crypto, um, mobile home investing, uh, developed a cooking app, uh, mobile app and paid a bunch of developers, uh, uh, all my savings that I saved up in the military for that. Um, so I was I was all out of money at that point, um, rented out my basement and quickly found out that I was able to cover the cost of my mortgage. So bringing in like $2,000 a month uh, just off of a basement property. And I was like, wow, uh, this is crazy. Um, uh, all these other things that I tried didn't work out, but this one thing was a little bit too easy. Um, but I spent all my money renovating my basement and um, I didn't have any money anymore at that point either. Um, so I started reaching out to a bunch of different people online and found that there was you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people that were um, making money off of short-term rentals and bringing in, you know, five, six, seven times more than a long-term rental can. Um, you know, it wasn't uncommon to see people bringing in, you know, 2000, 3000, sometimes, you know, five, $6,000 a month off of a short-term rental property. And, um, you know, I, I value time and I value, um, you know, um, you know, trying to do the most with the, the limited resources that we have. So, um, you know, I said, Hey, how can I grow? And acquire multiple properties without having to um, uh, spend a lot of money while also making a lot, and that's where discovered uh, the world of uh, rental arbitrage or master leasing, as well as co-hosting. Um, and then, you know, obviously you can you can purchase properties, but um, you know, I was looking for ways that you could actually grow this business without having to uh, put up a lot of capital and actually start receiving that cash flow. That's really cool. You said a lot there, Julian. Um... I want to get in and um, ask you about the co-hosting and master leasing, but I want to back up 
to you know something that I think everybody needs to appreciate is you know you, you try things doesn't work you try things it doesn't work you try things it doesn't work the key is to keep trying until you find the thing that works right and you know the the tenacity to do that I commend you that for having that tenacity um, obviously your military background probably helped with that and uh, you know the the training what branch of the, of the military are you in uh, Coast Guard Coast Guard sweet I grew up in California so um, I was uh, you know I think the Coast Guard I, I'm sure I have a false image of it but uh, I always think that it'd be really cool some of the rescue stuff and just just uh i just love the water and love the ocean so uh um, i think that's cool and i i know by the way that we have coast guard and some of the lakes some of the uh, great lakes and, and things like that but um um how did you get just out of curiosity how how did you get into the coast guard what how, what what was this what made you pursue that yeah um uh, I wanted to jump out of helicopters and save people's yeah. lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Was, you know, I uh, I watched uh, uh, this movie called The Guardian with uh, Ashton Kutcher uh, far too many times, and um, I thought it was really cool. Um, I actually, and I actually went to school for that in the in the Coast Guard. I you know I went to the training. Uh, it's this really tough, like um, um, super intensive water survival training where they're you know, it's like a lot of water confidence drills. You're working out all day. Um, it, it was definitely tough. I ended up dropping out of that. Um, and that's, um, you know, kind of goes into a longer story. I found out that my dad had cancer um, or his cancer relapsed. I tried getting my time back. So that's when I discovered entrepreneurship and real estate, um, you know, because I wanted to get out to spend more time with him. And that that's really kind of what led me to starting these businesses and eventually getting into, um, you know, short term rentals. No, that I totally get it. How how's your dad now? Is is he recovered he, he or passed away? Oh, I'm sorry. What kind of cancer? Uh, he had um, uh, lymph node cancer, mm. um, so it was all all around his his throat, and he had his uh, voice box taken out. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, you know the things that happen to us. Adversity introduces a person to themselves, and you know it, in you you know you took that pain and you created you know some really cool businesses and the topics that you have to talk about you know short-term rental when you said um julian you know that you can earn five or six times more than long-term rental you know for people in the audience that really don't know anything about short-term rental talk talk about why that is or or maybe just some of the economics of short-term rental, just to kind of help people that maybe the novice out there that doesn't know anything about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, uh, short-term rentals is really kind of leveraging, um, you know, technology. Um, it's, it's building a whole different business. And that's what a lot of people um, maybe don't realize when they get started in the short-term rental space is that you're building a hospitality business. Um, and that's why we're able to charge a premium uh, price. So let's say, um, you know, you purchase a property and you were to long-term rent it, you might be able to make, you know, three to $500, you know, if it's like a, uh, you know, conservatively, you know, three to 500 um, uh, net profit. If you were to short-term rent it, you might be able to make $2,000, $3,000 um, if you're self-managing. 
Um, and that's because you're, you know, doing, uh, you're putting the property on platforms like Airbnb, Verbo, booking.com, a bunch of other travel agencies. Uh, you're turning over the property after every guest decides to stay. Um, so the nice thing about these uh, travel agencies is that you can market the property basically for free. So they push out the property and they have an algorithm that will uh, rank your property depending on how it performs. So obviously a place that gets booked up, that's uh, always uh, booked up. Uh, people are clicking on it and then booking it. Um, people are saving it to their favorites. Um, uh, it's relevant. Uh, all these things drive up the algorithm and push you to the top. Um, and then uh, you're able to charge a premium for your stay. Um, but it's also about the experience. So, you know, you could purchase a property and then one person could be putting in very minimal into the property and not be able to produce that much versus someone that invests a lot of time and energy and has um, a good stay can create a lot more value and charge a much higher price. Um, so where compared to long-term rentals where, you, you know, it might just kind of be like a set it and forget it type of mentality, that true passive income with short-term rentals, it is, it is a lot more active, but you can make it passive. Uh, if you partner with people, which is uh, what I talked about before co-hosting. Um, so you could work with a management company with a partner that manages your property for you. So that way you're able to increase your, uh, revenue without having to do any of the extra work yourself. Um, or, um, or yeah, or you build out the team and you build out the systems uh, to be able to try to automate as much as possible. Now, obviously, if you to go that way, you're going to be, you know, managing a business um, and you're able to save those fees that you would be paying to a co-host, a professional manager. Um, but, um, but yeah, and so that, that's really where, where the difference is from long-term and short-term. Um, you know, I see a lot of people in the real estate space now, especially, you know, they see what short-term rentals are able to bring in and they say, hey, I'm just going to purchase a bunch of properties and turn them into short-term rentals and, you know, make buka money. But, uh, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of work involved with that. Um, if, you, if you're not committed to uh, having a quality stay, you're going to get, you know, beaten out by somebody else that... Um, um, you know, has a better, better quality experience. And it, and it all comes down to rank uh, reviews. Reviews are a really big thing. Um, if you, uh, if you don't care about your guests, uh, it shows in the property reviews. Um, so it's not something that just can be passively managed. It's got, it's got to be a little bit more active. So, but with that active, you're able to, you know, make, you know, like I said, four or five, six times more than a traditional long-term rental. So I like what you said is a couple of things. One, I always say, whether it's short-term rental, mobile home parks, storage, when, you, when you're in real estate, you're not a real estate investor, you're, a real, you're in the real estate business, right? And what I like about what you said, Julian, is you're running this like a business, right? And that short-term rental is, is a business, but you can also, you know, I, I have uh, quite a few businesses and I don't run very many of them. I don't really participate in very many of them because then I hire really good people and, and they run those businesses, right? And so um, if I wanted to be passive, like what would it take? Somebody's in the audience and they're thinking, man, I really want to get into short-term rental, but I don't want to do all that stuff. I want to co-host or I want to do something where I'm not you know, but, but they got money, right? They want to put up the money or whatever, or they want to use their, uh, uh, their financials to get a loan from the bank to buy multiple properties. Talk about how they could work uh, in, in this space uh, 
in that capacity? Yeah, so it really comes down um, to uh, what, you know, how much capital and how involved do you want to be? Uh, you know, whenever whenever I'm talking to investors, you know, one of the first questions that I always ask is, uh, what, what's more more important to you, your, your, your time or your money? Um, you know, uh, depending on how they answer that, you know, lets me know, like, you know, are you trying to get the highest return or are you trying to uh, leverage, um, you know, leverage a team, leverage experts for for you? Um, so, you know, one one approach would be if, if you have the funds available would be uh, purchasing a property and uh, or uh, uh, reaching out to a, a co-host. Uh, you know, maybe maybe this is another investor um, that has experience in the short-term rental space that can help advise you as far as like which properties you could be looking at to purchase. Um, you know that that's one approach. Um, you know that co-host, depending on uh, what they're able to do, um, can build out the property for you. So you know, like our company, we we go out and we'll actually furnish properties. Um, we have a team that goes out and sets them up. We have a designer and, and so we, we have a, a system that basically can turn turnkey a property. Um, if you're going to be hired, if you're going to be working with an investor, you, you should be working or a co-host, you should be trying to find someone that is either just going to be managing the property for you. And typically they might charge a lower percentage just for simple management, somewhere between like 15 to 20%. Um, or you might find, you know, more of an expert um, that and those experts might be, you know, 20, 20 to 25, sometimes 30%, uh, depending on the market and the property. Um, so purchasing a property is one approach. Um, you know, another approach is um, uh, partnering with a like a syndicator or a fund. So uh, a lot of uh, syndications I see now, especially are going out and purchasing um, um, either like larger vacation, vacation homes, or um, you know maybe multifamily, uh, or they might be purchasing a portfolio single family, um, and converting those to short term. Uh, that's that's the other approach, and that one is is a bit more passive. And I would say you value time more than you value money because you might be able to see a higher return if you're going to be going out and you know getting a you know commercial single family uh, home loan uh, versus if you're going to be investing with a fund where you know they might be taking uh, a fee for. Uh, the fund management, and they might be taking a fee for the property management itself. Um, it is a lot more hands-off and passive, but um, and you you'll have less control over the process. Uh, but um, like I said, it's it's that time and, and money value exchange. So, yeah, Julian, one of the things that we advocate a lot is infinite banking, and what we try to get people to buy cash-flowing assets with their infinite banking. So somebody puts money into a specially designed insurance contract because they've done that they can borrow money from the insurance company up to 100 percent of the cash value they have in their account and so then they go buy let's say they said okay i'm going to go take i'm just going to use a million dollars and i want to go put it in short-term rentals um the and let's say the insurance company is charging them four or five percent interest only right on that money I would think that they could uh, have a enough of an arbitrage to really make this still be attractive. Is that does that make sense? Definitely, yeah. And do you have anybody doing that? I just had a curiosity. You know, I I know I know in the real estate space that people are 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 leveraging. I mean, infinite banking. 
um, yeah, I, I kind of look at it like a niche within a niche. Like if you're, if you're in real estate and then if you're in short-term rentals, but then if you're in real estate, short-term rentals and using infinite banking, it's like, yeah. you know, the, it's going to be uh, kind of few and far between. Um, I do, I do know some other people um, or at least a couple other people in the space that uh, do leverage it though. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that sometimes I look at, it's kind of like co-generation. It's, it's, it's putting all those pieces together can make it even more attractive because as your money comes back into the policy, it's available for loan again. So then you can go out, buy another one and another one, another one. And, and what's happening is then your tenants and your profit from the short-term rentals, uh, rentals um, is, is feeding and paying the premiums into your policy. And after a few years, that's leveraging, which gives you more money to go put into short-term rentals. So I, I just kind of like to, like when I, visualize everything it's through the lens of of using my banking system not somebody else's banking system so you know i i think that this is kind of cool and we haven't really had any syndicators or people uh, co-hosts anybody really in short-term rental doing this so it's really interesting where just so that we i'm, I'm not going to forget but let's just at this point where would people be able to find out more information about you and what you guys do and, and more about this concept. Um, yeah, I mean, main, main website would be shorttermsage.com. Um, so that's our blog or education platform and, um, you know, ways that people can reach out to us typically. Yeah. Awesome. So they reach out to you, you get back together with them. Are there, there's uh, like you said, some free resources. You kind of get to know, is this right for me? Is this not, do I want to learn more? And then if they work with you, then you have different, channels or avenues on how how uh involved they want to be correct yeah um yeah the way the way that we kind of bucket it is you either you either want to do it yourself uh you either want to partner with someone so get a co-host or you want to invest passively uh into a fund um you know um and that that's the way that we kind of break break our business down is is education you know uh, management co-hosting and then investing so and, and I like the education. So like, let's say that I, um, let's say I'm a, a person that I've got time, I want, and I've got some little bit of money, or I know people that have got money, or I can resource that they can, can they come in and be coached by you on how to build their business? Yeah. So they, yeah. yeah, they can do that part of it. That's the coaching education part. And then all the way to, hey, I got a bunch of money, but hey, Julian, I don't want to know anything about this. You just tell me, you know, let me just give you a chunk of money and, um, and you, and you, and you take off with it and then you get X return. I like all those different avenues. And I know there are people that I, that I've thought about a few people in the last week, Julian, that have come up to me and said, Hey, I'm doing this. Um, I'm doing some crypto stuff. I'm doing some real estate stuff and I still need more real estate stuff. That's kind of different. And, and what I mean by different is, they might be investing in storage or they might be investing in, um, you know, so when I look at um, diversification in real estate, that's kind of what I look at. And what, what, you know, what's the forecast of, you know, some of these questions I'm asking, um, I, I, you know, I've read some stuff, but what's the forecast of short-term rentals over the next uh, rentals over the next uh, 10 years or so? Can't speak on ten years because ten years is going to be <laughs> quite a lot of things have changed. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, the immediate, um, you know, obviously we just, we just came out of COVID and, um, you know, our, uh, you know, we definitely took a hit in our, in our business, uh, we were able to pivot. So during that pivoting, a lot of, uh, I would say, uh, the, the whole market had to basically shift from, uh, short-term stays to midterm stays. Uh, so midterm mm-hmm. being, um, you know, they, uh, travelers that are typically staying for more than 30 days. So 30 days plus, um, cause Airbnb and a lot of these travel agencies just wiped our calendars and people are canceling left and right. Um, you know, at the time when we started, we had about, uh, when, uh, with COVID we had around, uh, 40 properties. Uh, so 40 properties that were, you know, uh, personally invested in and managing. Um, uh, but you know, during COVID we pivoted, um, and, uh, there's been a resurgence. I would definitely say it, it, it uh, cleaned out the market for a lot of the people that were more wishy-washy in the space. And it, it got rid of a lot of the, um, not professional operators. Um, and that allowed us to actually scale. And we actually doubled, uh, up to, uh, right now we're at about 80 properties that, that we, uh, are invested in and manage. Um, but, uh, so the pivot from short term to midterm opened up a lot of doors as far as the way that people look at um, short-term rentals and, and this investment uh, class, um, this investment vehicle. Um, and the types of properties that people are, are staying in has also shifted. Uh, during COVID, uh, a lot more of the urban, more metro areas were um, uh, really impacted. So that a lot of the cities, a lot more people were looking for uh, more of those remote properties. So um, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg definitely saw a, a significant increase. I think they saw like a 20 to 30% increase. Uh, we saw a lot of tiny homes uh, were performing extremely well. Uh, yurts, glamps, uh, there's there a whole new category called leisure, which came out during the time, uh, business leisure, as well as uh, flex stays or flexible uh, properties. So uh, in, in our markets, which are primarily more urban metro, um, we we pivoted to more of a flex stay where people could do month long rentals. Um, so we got a lot of traveling nurses, business professionals, trying to partner with a lot of hospitals and companies that were looking to you know pe- keep people um, you know in a location for uh, a longer time. Um, and really, I, I see the future. You know, if we're talking ten years into the future, I, I really personally see short term rentals as being more of this. Uh, more of that flexible stay, you know, people are, are, you know, there's this great resignation that's happening. People are uh, stepping away from their jobs and looking for remote work. Uh, they're looking for more lifestyle as opposed to uh, being located somewhere where they don't want to be. And they're looking for properties that can accommodate that flexibility. Um, so apartment buildings that offer flexible stays, uh, uh, management companies like ourselves that offer flexible stays, um, you know, management property management companies that maybe did primarily long-term rentals, opening up a portfolio of short-term rentals and allowing people to stay at their properties, you know, whether long-term or short-term. Um, so really more agnostic, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're seeing the blend where before there was a differentiation between the long-term and the, the short-term. Uh, now we're kind of seeing it kind of mold together. And I see the future of, of real estate and investing, um, you know, more so it catered towards that. Um, actually, uh, one of the companies that was, um, um, that has, has done, has grown significantly. Uh, I, it might be actually one of the first public companies, um, that is more focused on the, uh, flexible stay is, is this company called Sonder. Um, so they, they recently, um, went public, um, on the, uh, on the NASDAQ and, um, 
and um, and there's a bunch of other companies that are being funded by venture capitalists to basically kind of bridge that gap between short and long term. So, um, you know, companies like ours where we're not, you know, venture backed, uh, we're you know private investors um, that we work with. Uh, so we're not we're not driven to scale exponentially like uh, some of those companies, um, and we're more focused on the investor returns as opposed to um, you know just growth. Um, so there, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, I, I see in that more flexible stay. No, that's really, that's really, you, there's, again, there's a lot of information there and that was great. Um, it just shows that, you know, this market, um, and I appreciate that because I, you know, I, I like I said, I've, I'm doing a little bit in that market, but I'm not at all an expert. So, um, you make me feel better about my investment, but, uh, um, I think it's really cool. And I think that, you know, um, it, it, again, bringing up like younger people today, people in their 20s and 30s, they, they're not looking to invest in 401ks and having that job that they're, you know, do it yourself retirement. They're not really looking at retirement. They're looking at building a business, being an entrepreneur, building cash flow. And, and I think that th that's exciting. And I think that, kind of like Zoom, maybe five years ago, and we started using Zoom, um, our, if, if somebody was at a certain age, I won't name an age, but they, they had a hard time with Zoom, right? I'd go, oh, that person's not gonna get on, they're not gonna be able to get on Zoom. But now everybody can get on Zoom. I don't care if you're 80 years old or 90 years old, you can get on Zoom, right? And I think that short-term rental is gonna happen that way too. Because I remember the first time that I stayed in an Airbnb short-term rental, I was like, wow, this is for the price that I, you know, this would have, this cost me less than a hotel room, but yet I've got two bedrooms, you know, it's almost, it's not like being at home, but it's in a home, right? So it was a lot more comfortable than being in this, this hotel space. And, um, you know, I, I think you just got to get people to do it once and then they kind of fall in love with it unless they have a bad experience. But if you're going to bargain shop, you're going to get bargain uh, space, right? If you're going to, if you're going to, if you want it to be comparable to, uh, you know, Four Seasons or Ritz, you can do that. It's just, it's, you got to, you got to know what you're paying for. So Julian, give out that website one more time for people. Uh, is that the best way for them to reach out to you, your website? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, short term sage, short term sage .com, and that's awesome. probably the best way where you can can figure out where where you see yourself in the short term mental business. So. I love it. Did your wife come up with that name too? The short term sage. No. So funny story with that. I uh, uh, I started a podcast called Airbnb Success Stories. That was my first mm. my first podcast. But uh, Airbnb actually reached out and they said, "Hey, you can't use our name." Um, and, uh, the abbreviation was, was ASS. And I didn't think that was a really good, like short acronym for Airbnb <laughs> success stories. Yeah. Uh, so I had to, I had to come up with a new name and I was like, oh, well, um, you know, short term and then, you know, using, using, uh, my name Sage, I was like, oh, short term Sage. And, uh, so that's how I avoided the, uh, the, uh, ass podcast. So I like it. The ass podcast. <laughs> All right, Julian. So if God came down from heaven and told you you could only retain the knowledge that you that you got from one book that you've read what would that one book be it can't be the bible can it 
it can't be the Bible. You know what? You're the second person in a row. I normally make that disclosure that it can't be the Bible. So with uh, other than the Bible, Julian, thank you for, and um, I'm glad that would be your first choice. Uh, yeah. So other than the Bible, what would it be? Uh, I'm going to go opposite spectrum of the Bible. Uh, I, I recently read this book called uh, Infinite Jest. Um, Infinite Jest. So um, definitely that book. All right. Um, I have not read that book. What's what's the what's the kind of overall uh, message of Infinite Jest? It's about uh, drugs, um, fame, success, um, depression, uh, really just the, the the hard knocks of life. You know, someone that uh, starts from the bottom, makes their way up top, goes back to the bottom in rehab, and then uh, comes out of it. Um, so it covers covers a wide wide range of of topics on you know just just life in general. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Awesome. All right, Julian. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. And I, there, you, you really shared a lot of great information. And I think what you're doing is awesome. And thank you for your service as well. And uh, we're going to wrap this up like we do every podcast with the, the, the timeless words of Earl Nightingale and the strangest secret. Take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.